0: Should Yarmulke and still have a job with the Columbus Blue Jackets? We're talking all about that. Plus, a few more details have come out in uh, favor of everyone but Mike Babcock. So that's going to be on the schedule for today's episode of Locked on Blue Jackets. Your Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network,
1: your team every day.
0: Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jay Foster. Hayden Hanson, my co-host, has returned. Uh, He has been freed from the wilds of Detroit, Michigan, and uh, he's back. And we're going to talk all about your favorite team and ours, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Normally we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, It's a little bit of... uh, that third one today, again, I'm afraid. It's been a rough couple of days in the news for people who like this team. And uh, before we get into that, though, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. lots of Blue Jackets continues to be free and available on all podcast platforms. We're over on YouTube. We are on SiriusXM. And uh, it's been a wild couple of days in CBJ land. Mike Babcock is out. Pascal Vincent is in. Yama Kekalainen still has a job. And that's kind of what I want to talk about first, is should Yarmulke have followed Mike Babcock out the door? Because I honestly think I fall on the side of yes. um, And I'll tell you why. It's because he knew who he was hiring. He has to be held responsible for this in a way that I don't think he is being um, you know, a lot of the I don't know how many people managed to watch that press conference that happened, uh, it would have been Monday lunchtime, if I am getting my my days correct here, uh, where he basically said, We thought we did our due diligence, but we didn't do enough clearly. Um, everyone I talked to said that he was the right choice. And um there was just a weird lack of responsibility on his part. I thought John Davidson spoke a lot about responsibility, and I thought he spoke a lot more um candidly. About how yes we we screwed up we were wrong we didn't do the right thing. Yamo was not as outgoing as that, so I'm wondering what your thoughts are, Hayden, on Yamaka Klinen still has a job and is that is that okay?
1: Yeah, obviously, been a few days since I've been on. Took a took a bad couple days to miss because obviously a lot happened to this organization. It was even with the time off a lot to process, but I'm honestly really glad that this happened. I think the timing is actually better than if it would have happened a week later. Like, obviously I, I wish at this point, Babcock was never hired in the first place, but I was also the one, On this podcast beating the drum for him so i feel like i have some slight responsibility to say i'm sorry i i did not believe we were going to get this version of mike babcock i thought he was going to truly come in as a changed man seems like I, i do think it's kind of funny that he is such a bad person that he came in right away and lost his job immediately like so big kudos to everybody out there that said stay away from him because you guys were right. He's a terrible coach. He's a bad coach. He might know a thing or two about the game of hockey, but part of the coaching process is getting to know your players and getting to know kind of the tools that you have in the shed. And I don't think the best way to get to know your players is to just endlessly scroll through his photos. So I think that goes without saying. Uh, Pretty embarrassing. I think the Blue Jackets are now – the laughingstock of the league, which sucks. Um, but I think everything since he got fired has been good, if that makes sense. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like other than these couple things here, I, th- I, I don't know if Yarmo should be around. It sucks that we're even talking about it. But he, at the end of the day, he is the guy that hired Mike Babcock. You are the guy that put our pl- our young players in an uncomfortable position. I say our young players as in, like, the fans, young players, like, um I don't know. I I think I think he definitely could be. I think he I it, it wasn't his I I don't think it was his idea to investigate this situation. I think the NHL PA had to come in and be like we heard something and like let's figure out what's going on here. That's not a good look, you know? Like the initial response out of the club was oh all is good, you know? And I think I kind of like had a few actually you know had a few like red flags everybody did like what do you mean all is good like this report like it's you know it's a big podcast that is all about numbers that's reporting this but like there there could be something here and no it took the nhlpa to believe that big podcast report not you know what the players were actually saying so that's disappointing um yeah, it, it does leave a bad taste in my mouth a little bit that the guys that were involved in bringing him in are still around. Um, and I know I'm privileged getting to t- be a person that was for Mike Babcock. And my job is at no risk afterwards. Like, it's just like, oh, hey, that was a terrible take. So I understand calling for somebody's job is tough, but maybe it's the right thing to do. Maybe it's the right thing to do. And and that's a really hard decision for the organization to have to make. Because yarmo has been so good to this club in terms of being a general manager.
0: Yeah, 100%. It's... And, like, we, I cover this a little bit on Monday. Like, it sucks. This is the way it had to happen. Um, but... And this is maybe not the best metaphor to use here. But if you... If you don't... Okay if you have a dog that you know has bitten people before, why would you take it out without a leash or without a muzzle? And then it bites someone again, you know? And that is, that's not exactly what happened here, but I do feel like I wanted more responsibility from Kekalainen specifically. Um, And it, like, kudos also to um, the media, who were not shy in asking the difficult questions. Um, there was I didn't get the name of the reporter, but there was one really excellent question that was basically like, "What are you going to do differently next time?" Like, did you did did it not concern you that this might happen? And you know, there was a lot of really great questions. I'm trying to find the quote that I wanted um, about Yamaka and specifically. Uh, aha, here it is. Uh, Greg Wyshynski, uh, CBJ GM Yamaka Kalainen said, it's a complex relationship between management and players and they don't always feel comfortable coming to him with problems. And like, to me, that's the biggest problem that I have with all of this. And again, I talked about this a little bit on Monday, um, on Monday's episode. It bothers me almost more than Babcock doing all of this is these young players did not feel comfortable going to Yamaka Kalainen. They didn't even feel comfortable going to guys like Boone Jenner or Johnny Gaudreau or Zach Wierenski. And that worries me because why do you feel like you have to go to Paul Bissonnette to get – not justice, justice is the wrong word, but do you know what I mean? Like Why why do you feel like you need to go to Paul Bissonnette instead of going to – your captain, your older veteran players, your GM. And even more than that, why do you feel like (sighs) this should never happened? I've been going over this like basically since it came out. And I want to also kind of to your point, Hayden, about banging the drum for Mike Babcock. I think that's what a lot of people are so upset about is they spent a long time this summer Talking about how, okay, Mike Babcock has changed. He's a new person. He has this mental health plan for each player. He did that three-part um, interview with someone from NHL.com where he talked about how, what he learned being at the University of Vermont and the University of Saskatchewan and wherever else he was when he wasn't in the NHL. And I think it, I think a lot of people are, myself included, embarrassed that they were taken in by it because I was never as positive as you were about the Babcock hiring. But over the past couple of months, I had kind of convinced myself, okay, maybe he's going to be different this time. Maybe we mm-hmm. won't get that version of Babcock. And for him to immediately go back to his old ways, I think, it is, is shows such an arrogance that I I can't even believe it. It's so, so frustrating. This whole situation is, is just a nightmare.
1: It, it shows a huge disconnect from reality for the guy huge disconnect from reality. Like his, the problem with coaches like Mike Babcock is they're too hyper fixated on winning. So he's like, he he then looks at his player as just a player, not a person. And like, I, I need to figure out who this, I need to figure out what type of kid I'm dealing with here. I need to keep scrolling through his phone to figure out like, like he just oversteps personal, he oversteps things um, for the sake of winning. And, like, the same thing it happened for football fans. Remember when Urban Meyer went to Jacksonville? And, you know, Jacksonville fans were all like, all right, like, hey, we got a historically great coach. But he came in there and just treated everybody like crap, tried to do everything he could to win, and forgot what it meant to be a boss, a coach, you know? Like, he doesn't know how to do those things. And I guess it's, it's – it's, I feel like the interview process – should have um, showed that, but also not really. I guess like in Yarmo's defense a little bit here, Mike Babcock could have came in and said all the things that he had been saying to us and like shown that he was a different person. And maybe clearly there's people that have been close to Babcock that say good things about him because Yarmo would not have hired him if he had at least heard one good thing from somebody. So it's one of those things where it's like, he may treat individual people with respect, but all those people that have had problems in the past, Mike Commodore, Johan Franzen, like they're all uh, Mitchell Marner. You're all forgiven for what you've said about Babcock in the hockey world, because you were right. So yeah. the um, thing,
0: okay. So the, the thing for me, I think is that this, this is, you know, textbook behavior from an abuser is it's about power. The people in power with Babcock are never going to see this. And I think that's why, you know, the veteran players came out and they were like, well, no, I didn't have a problem with it because he behaved differently with them. Um, and in a minute, we are going to go through. Um, there was a new episode of Spit and Chiclets that came out yesterday, I believe. And there's some bullet points in there that I want to kind of touch on that I think demonstrates exactly how screwed up this whole mess is. But Yamo saw a completely different version of Mike Babcock than the younger players did because Babcock knows that he can't manipulate Kekalainen and he has to show that he can be in a position where he is, you know, he does have access to these young players. And for whatever reason, uh, it just, there's something so upsetting and like insidious about it. Like if he was just an asshole, I could deal with that. Look at Tortorella. Tortorella is an asshole. He gets results, but his methods leave something to be desired, I think. There's something so just genuinely unsettling about the way that Mike Babcock has gone about this that just makes me feel so, so uncomfortable. And I don't know. I just don't necessarily think that Yamo should follow him directly out the door, but I think his job should definitely be in question. I think there should be some very difficult questions being asked by man by upper upper management, by the ownership group. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Blue Jackets, depending on how this season goes for them, if they are at the trade deadline and on the outside looking in at the playoffs, Kakalainen might not be here in the summer. And at this point in time, I'm I'm okay with that. I think. Um, because I think Yamo has shown that though he talks a good game about the values that this organization has um let me see if i can find the the tweet that i don't remember whether he said this or john davidson said it but it was um basically a list of all of the values that this organization has and it's like character and trust and integrity and i'm like okay you didn't show any of these things here we go our organization has strong values heart character attitude pride professionalism and respect I just don't see Mike Babcock being hired as an example of any of those things, you know? So it's easy for us to sit here in hindsight and say, oh, well, how was he supposed to know? Every other coaching job this man has had before this, every player out there saying he was a horrible coach, he was a bad person, but because other coaches are like, yeah, we respect him because other people who work in hockey management are like, yeah, he's a good coach you have to listen to the people, you have to listen to the victims, and not Mike Babcock's friends. You know, it's the same mm-hmm. way that this is not, I'm not conflating these two things, and I want to be very clear about that. If a man assaults a woman, his friends are always like, he would never do that, and they don't listen, to they listen to their friends and not the victim. And I don't want to conflate these two things because what John, what Mike Babcock did is not as bad as, you know, literal assault, oh. but... If all of your players are saying something and all of the people in positions of power are saying something else, maybe you should be listening to your players. Um, I want to talk about this a little bit more. And I also want to talk about that uh, episode of and Checklets. but we've got to take a quick break, which it's really hard to segue into an ad read after you've just spent a bunch of time talking about a very serious topic. But uh, we'll do that in just a second here on Locked on Blue Jackets but first uh, we've got to talk all about FanDuel because uh, you need to snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel America's number one sports book and right now new customers are going to get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet whether you win or lose that means all you have to do put $5 on the Bengals winning this this Sunday and you're going to get $200 whether you win or lose It's as simple as that. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. It's secure. You get paid immediately. They've got a ton of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and even more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Okay, Hayden. I feel like I've been talking for a long time about mike babcock so i want and, and about yaw and Kekalainen. so i want to ask you what does what happens next what what is what does the team do now that like to to move past this which i don't move past this always sounds like i'm dismissing it and i don't i don't want to be dismissing this but like what is the next step to make sure that this team does the right thing and is the best that they can be
1: Yeah, I think the first things first is uh, if Yarmo is going to stay around, which it kind of seems like he is. So we can talk about how much he's going to get fired and how much we think he should and deserves. But there's probably a good chance he just sticks around. Like, I I don't know if you are feeling that same thing that I'm feeling. It kind of feels like that, does it not? Like the Blue Jackets were slow to even get Babcock out on this a little bit. Considering the NHL PA had to get involved. But um, I think the first things first, Yarmo owes the whole entire team an apology. He owes uh, whichever individual player uh, a huge apology as well. Um, I, I think we, the thing is that Yarmo kind of benefits from is the fact that it's not really his job to uh, handle kind of the like, not the team – his – Jarmo's job is to make the team the best team possible. Mm-hmm. And he's not the only one who thought Mike Babcock was going to be good for this young team, thinking that he's going to get them to play the right way. Um, he's also made good hires in the past before. So I'm not saying he has to be perfect on every mistake. And I'm also trying to put in – trying to just wrap my whole brain around – is this mistake enough for Yarmo to, to to erase all the years of work that he's done prior? Um, like, it's just not his job, I guess, to care about the values and things. I, it kind of makes me mad that he says that he cares about those things. When it's that's, like that's clearly, the frustrating you don't. Thing to me is that he came
0: out and was like, "Yes, character is so hugely important, and we want the team to have a good culture." Like, if you want, if you want to focus on winning, then fine. That that's absolutely fine say that. Don't say that what you're really focused on is character and culture and then turn around and hire someone because he's a quote-unquote a winning coach with a terrible personal history of abusing and bullying players.
1: Yeah and unfortunately like the further we get into Yarmo's career the the less and less he probably cares about those things and the more and more uh, desperate he becomes to win. It's so crazy that we had John Chick-on from Locked On Rangers, and he used the word "where well, the Blue Jackets desperate" when they hired Mike Babcock. We both were like, "No, no, they weren't." <laughs> it's kind of feels. I know, that in way. hindsight, yeah, yes. <laughs> we got owned. We got owned on that crossover, Jay. So we need to come back better uh, next season with this. But um, yeah, I I feel like that's the first thing, and then um, Pascal Vincent. I mean, he's been awesome since he took over. I mean, he seems like. Uh, it seems like he was the man for the job, right? It seems like he was ready. Like, I hate that. I hate that we overlooked such a great head coaching candidate for the sake of Mike Babcock. Like, that's one of those moments – this is one of those moments in life where I think we can all be lucky that we got him out as soon as as possible and he didn't get to coach a single game behind the bench. Like – and i also love that um he was in the room long enough for pascal to maybe pick up on some of the good hockey things He's that got he mike knows mike
0: babcock's playbook and, uh, and nothing else yeah.
1: yeah yeah so like hey if we have mike babcock's playbook and pascal Vincent behind the bench then this is a dream situation for the blue jackets um i'm already fired up i'm honestly like i'm at a point in in this where it's like to move on, you just gotta just move on. Be like, okay, we hired some guy that was just an old. He was just an old, just whack job. Like, let's just get him out of here. Let's move on. It happens all the time at workplaces all over the world. The wrong person gets hired, and he gets fired immediately. And honestly, you you go on months later, and you forget that person was even there. It's weird to think that, but I think we need to diminish Mike Babcock's name as small as we can in Blue Jackets history and just forget about him. And honestly, I can forget about his hockey career too. Like I'm looking at these teams now and I'm like, these teams were good enough to win without him. He doesn't get credit for the two gold medals he won with Canada. He doesn't get credit for the cup in Detroit now. He's a bad coach. He proved to me he's a bad coach. Uh, It sucks that it had to happen in Columbus, but he did not coach a game for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And I'm proud of the team And the player that spoke up had the guts to speak up. Thank you, whoever that player was, because you saved uh, another young player, one of your other teammates from getting um, taken advantage of in ways that shouldn't happen in any workplace. Any workplace. I actually, that's what I wanted to bring up next, um, which is
0: if there is a silver lining to take from this, which... I hate doing that. I hate being like, well, this happened for a reason and some good came out of it. But I think this shows that hockey culture is changing and it's the young kids that are coming in and they're not putting up with this. You know, I think there's and I talk about this a lot on Wednesday, on Monday's episode as well, is there's this urge in hockey to not rock the boat and to shut up and take it for the team. You know, and I think the young players that are coming in today have shown in this situation They're not going to stand for that. If they're uncomfortable, they're gonna they're gonna make it known. Do I wish that they'd chosen a different method than going directly to spin checklets? Sure, but well, real quickly, and I understand why they went there.
1: Real quickly, I do not believe that there was a direct text sent. I think a text was sent. Telephone. A game
0: of telephone. yes. Yes. So I don't believe a player, but a player went to someone else. And then obviously that ended up at of at Chicklets. And I wish that that hadn't been the route, the route that they took. But Agreed. they did. And I'm glad, but like you, that these young players are speaking out against things like this, because this is how you stop this cycle of, of abuse and bullying and horrible hockey culture that has kind of, you know, I feel like every week I see a new, like a major junior team that's under investigation for hazing the rookies or like literally three days ago, I don't remember which uh, NCAA team it was, but they've got hockey players under investigation there for hazing freshmen like it's bad and it's not improving as fast as i want it to but it is improving and that i think is a credit to the young players on this team which shout it's out to them.
1: it is comforting to know that the players were that yes that they are able to point out things like that You know, like that's that's that makes me excited. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm there's a silver lining in the sense like, yeah, this maybe that will happen in the future. Next time something happens in the locker room, players are more willing to speak that way. It doesn't get this far. But I am truly glad that it did not get any further than it needed to. Like, I think maybe if you ask the Blue Jackets fan, like, yeah, I wish our head coach wouldn't gotten fired right before the season. But at the end of the day, he was the wrong guy. And all he ended up doing was looking through somebody's phone, which th- that poor person now has to know that Mike Babcock has seen something that maybe was meant to be private. But at the end of the day, that is all that happened. Some people have been through a lot worse. So we're grateful for that. Thank you for- to that player, though, that noticed bad behavior and pointed it out. I that's and
0: I just- want to talk about that as well um, in a second. We're going to take a quick break here. But I've got some information from – uh the the latest episode of spit and chicklets that kind of details a little bit more about what went on and it uh, kind of just dis- shows that it's not just a case of asking to see a player's phone uh there's a little bit more that happened so we're going to talk about that in just a second here on locked on blue jackets okay we are back with locked on blue jackets we're talking about mike babcock not being the head coach anymore And uh, the fallout from that. So I believe it was uh, Tuesday's episode of Spitting Chicklets. Um, And I don't listen to this podcast because, uh, well, for various reasons, mostly being that I haven't got enough time in the day to listen to (laughs) to podcasts that are not my own. Uh, But someone on Reddit was kind enough to uh, sum up some pieces. And so there's some interesting bullet points here. Um, They recorded the initial podcast on Sunday and then apparently Paul Bissonnette asked around for a couple more sources on Monday before he felt comfortable releasing it last Tuesday. Both Whitney and Biz had several current and former players verify what was being reported was true. There was no ambiguity. This happened. Reading the tea leaves, some of the first-hand sources they were they had were from rookies slash young players. Both guys kept saying, telling an 18-year-old to hand you their phone is a horrible abuse of your power dynamic. Yes, this is correct. A um, couple of things here that surprised me. Biz was surprisingly on a Blue Jackets defensive position. Uh, first of all, he asked the media to stop asking the players questions. It happened in the offseason. It was addressed in the offseason. You can't bother these players all year about it. They did nothing wrong. And he also took offense to Whitney saying that Yamo should get fired, said that he didn't like Yarmo's statement, but that Yarmo Kekalainen has a big heart, and he took a big leap, giving a guy a second chance and shouldn't lose his job for this. Another point, uh, which is something that I was not expecting to get from Ryan Whitney, of all people, What if one of the young Blue Jackets is a player in the closet? Your photos on your phone are private. You should not be... Like, if if a player gets outed to their head coach like this, like, that's horrible. And that is something that I had considered but hadn't thought that a guy like Ryan Whitney would consider. Um, A couple of other things. Apparently, several of these incidents happened at Babcock's house. In at least one of the incidents reported to Whitney, a young player was invited for lunch, told to take out his phone, had Babcock flip through his photos and then told him to leave without even having lunch. Uh, And some other stories about Babcock were shared. One older player who hasn't quite cracked the NHL yet said that he was sitting on the bench in an empty arena, taping his stick before the final preseason game in Anaheim. This must've been like way back in the day. Babcock came and sat next to him, said something along the lines of this is pretty amazing, isn't it? When the player agreed, Babcock continued soak it in. It's the last time you'll ever be on an NHL bench.
1: All yeah of that actually is as it actually knew bad and one. even
0: worse yeah. than I thought it would be
1: yeah you know it's sad that you've read that last one before and i uh I've heard that last story and I still thought he was a good coach and it's like it's one of those things where man, uh, you wanted him to be a good coach. he had so many chances like he had so many chances to not do this i I just don't understand i it's, it's frustrating. I feel so bad that that player had that experience. Like, you went over to the guy's house, you're probably so excited to meet the new coach. Like, you know, and then that it went down the way that it went down. That's probably um, just horrible. And then, like, uh, but directly in line with things that have happened between him and players in the past. So um, good on that player, again, for identifying that something was wrong. Uh, I guess – yeah, that's that. That's you. I'm I'm glad he's gone. I hate that this is the way that the summer ended. It sucks. I would rather be talking about the team, but I guess we were living in 70 days of Blue Jackets hell and we didn't even really know it. So That's the thing.
0: I was so excited. So I was going to record Hayden was away this weekend. I was like, "Cool. I'll record all about Travis City. Adam Fantilli had a five-point game. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to talk about him. I can't wait to talk about Jordan JB." Um, I was working my own game at the time, uh, game finished, I was packing up, uh, we went for a post-game drink, and actively at the pub, I got, like, four texts from people saying, hey, hope you're not too busy right now, because this is happening, so, I was like, okay, cool, guess we're not talking about Travis City tonight, um, and like you said, I'm glad that, th- I hate that this happened, wish it had happened earlier in the season, I know someone. I believe Mike Commodore said that he heard about this six weeks ago, but he wanted to wait until training camp for some reason. I don't remember what his reasoning was, and I wish that this, I wish that this had happened six weeks ago when it first kind of was floating around instead of right before training camp. But I'm equally glad that. Can you imagine if this had come out in November?
1: And we'd been in the season. Yeah, no, that would be terrible. I mean, like, thank God Pascal Vincent is gonna have all of the training camp practices to work with the team like at least like we're going to be the team is going to be on somewhat the same page but at, that does upset me though that it went that it happened six and six weeks went by and there wasn't a, a comfortability enough for for that young player to go to any of the older players or, or yarmo or anybody and like and then it had broken, and then we still had players that were defending Babcock. Like that stuff just bothers me. I guess um, that's that's one thing that's going to be hard for me to get over. It's not hard for me to get over that we hired him and messed up as an organization, because um, like I guess that thing that thing happens, you know. Like he's been hired three other pl- places before this, so it's like other teams have made the mistake. Um, but yeah, it's just it's. It's frustrating, but it's over, and I'm glad Pascal Vincent is the coach. I think when I read uh Patrick Line's quote yesterday, which it was very comforting to see Patrick Line in Columbus, you know, with this beanie on and being like, I'm not gonna show you guys my haircut, because I think you guys would you guys would literally be disgusted. That was funny. But he said, um, this is a quote, Jeff Shaboda had this, and I'm sure others did. He said, quote, I've known him since I got to Winnipeg at 18 years old. I'm super excited. I told him straight up, I haven't been this excited in a long time. I'm super happy for him, end quote. And that has to be exciting. Like a guy that you've seen just – he doesn't have the big name, but he does all the right things, and he gets talked about – He just being talked about as an NHL coaching candidate for a team is like you've made it kind of in your career. Like you're being talked about for an NHL head coach position – and for him to have it now, yes, that is that is awesome. Sure, it wasn't the most uh it wasn't the prettiest route to get there for him, but I don't think he gives a crap. I don't think Patrick Line gives a crap. I think they're just really excited that he's getting yeah, a chance. Sure. I'm excited for Patrick
0: Line center experiment in yeah. season. Um I wanna we're, we're running a little long here, so I'm gonna we're gonna finish up in a minute. Um I just wanted to kind of on one last note on Pascal Vincent, you've gotta think that the Blue Jackets knew this kind of thing might be coming. And that's why they kept Pascal Vincent around. I know he was interviewed by at least one other NHL team this summer for a head coaching position. I want to say either Anaheim or Calgary. I don't remember. Um, But you've got to think that the Blue Jackets were like, we have to keep Pascal Vincent around because he's our second choice if anything goes south. And whether that was the Blue Jackets start off horribly or whether Mike Babcock is up to his old tricks, which that's a whole other thing if you think that it might go badly and you hire him anyway that I don't even want to think about right now. But yeah, like you... Extremely grateful that some other team did not snatch Pascal Vincent up this offseason. I'm really excited. It sounds like the players are excited. Uh, Training camp opens today, I believe, with medical, and then they will be on ice tomorrow. Um, And so we're going to talk about that tomorrow uh, because we're going to figure out... What the training camp... R- oh, we're not going to figure out. We know what the training camp roster looks like, so we're going to talk about that in tomorrow's episode, uh, which I'm super excited about. Finally, we get to talk about prospects instead of Mike Babcock. It's going to be great. Uh, I've been Jay Foster. That's been Hayden Hileson. Uh, We have been Locked on Blue Jackets. You can find the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Jackets. You can find me at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find Hayden at H 971 Thank you for listening. Thank you for making us your first listener of the day every single day. Thank you for flocking in your like thousands to come and watch Monday's episode. That's like our second most watched episode of the podcast ever, which is crazy. Um, You can find us on YouTube. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Sirius XM and until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.